Friends, you've heard me talk about my mental health story and I'll continue to do so. But from time to time, I like to open up this space to others who want to share their journey. Perhaps it's a personal story. Maybe it's a healing tool and technique. The point is I want to keep talking and having an open dialogue so we can end the silence around mental health. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Happy Pill Podcast, friends. I'm so excited you're here. I have a very special guest today in Scott Millman. He is from Michigan. He is co-owner of TRAC, T-R-A-C, Total Running and Athletic Conditioning. I'm very pleased to have him on the show because as a running coach, he is going to share some of his tools and techniques that help his athletes, who some of them will have mental health issues. He will also talk about his previous job working with veterans and first responders who have post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic stress, and TBI traumatic brain injury. So a lot of beautiful information coming to you, friends, and thank you for listening. Scott, thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, sir. So this has been a couple weeks in the making for you and I, and I'm excited to be here and glad we could finally get get on and have this conversation. Absolutely. It's it's so important. It's all about resonance for me, right? We're not the only ones. And the more information we have, the more we can help one another. So one of the first questions that we want to talk about, like, what is track? Can you talk about that? So track came about um, out of my love of running and specifically trail running. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I have a couple of bad knees, had a back surgery, right? The injuries take its toll. So I, I primarily stay on trail and I got to tell you, I absolutely love trail running, love the community, which we'll get into a little bit later sure. uh, on how that impacts runners and, and their mental health, the socialization aspect, um, and have been doing ultra runs since probably the mid nineties and, okay. and absolutely love it. And then, um, Laura, my fiance, the co-owner is you so graciously do it in there. Yeah. is uh is my partner in crime and in business and she handles the physical therapy side of our program that's a nice blend yeah it's a very really, good blend yeah yes. that, that's a very good blend. uh so how does it actually work though like what is it um that you're doing you know you are a track coach you are a running coach correct so we do a lot of online uh we do a lot of online plans but beyond that, we have conversations with our athletes. We deal with the mental side of running and maybe things that aren't running, as the case may be, because we all know that, you know, we have lives and that kind of encroaches on training or maybe the vice versa. A lot of times for ultra runners and, and us longer runners, our training encroaches on our personal lives and there's a delicate balance there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we deal with the running. We deal with everything in between life, the mental issues, the training, the letdowns, the injuries. Um, There are a number of things that pop up that that we'll address with our athletes um, during the course of a program. Okay. And so can you explain some of the mental health issues that some of your athletes will actually have or experience through your training process or through their training process? You know, it, it varies. And I think one of the things that we see, obviously coming out of COVID, depression, uh, was a big one, anxiety. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I, you know, looking at going back to doing races, um, you know, Laura and I have been together a couple of years now and, and she met me at a race and I finished up one of my 50 Ks, one of the first ones, and nobody's at the finish line because it was during COVID. It was, it was strange. Um, and, and then, you know, going to an aid station where you have other runners touching food and going through and you're not wearing a mask and just kind of mm. those early fears. So that, that anxiety kind of encroached itself onto 
me and my trail running. It, it was it was tough for a little bit to to get over some of that. So we've we've seen that, but I think the depression is probably one of the bigger ones, uh, along with anxiety that our runners have have been dealing with over the last few years. Right. Wow. So then, how does track and your coaching coaching with your clients? Like, how does that help with some of their mental health issues? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think we we tend to build, Laura and I really try to build um, a supportive and non-judgmental environment uh, when we're building programs. Uh, I think that, you know, somebody may have a goal of a 5K and they've never run a step in their life. Um, mm-hmm. where you have other runners, including myself, that are ultra runners. You know, we've run 100Ks, we've run 50 milers, and there's a little bit of an intimidation factor there. Yeah, don't, don't even, Seriously? Yeah, don't even ask. We, we do crazy stuff all the time. The, the goal is 100 miles. Um, I still have not achieved my 100 miler yet. Um, but we all, oh we all have goodness. different goals. So, you know, encouraging those individuals that want to, whatever their goal may be, um, is just making sure that we're non-judgmental. Uh, and whatever those goals and dreams happen to be. Right. Providing a safe environment. Correct. Right. Yep. That's, that's what I find key, especially going through any form of depression. Like I have um, safety, you know, so regardless of what you're doing, you know, you want to be with, you know, a coach, a training or a team that is going to provide that safety outlet. So in, in your experience with, um, with training these athletes and getting them going, are you seeing the fluctuations during their journey from like starting middle? And what are you noticing? It it varies because we deal with injuries you know, and injuries are are part of sports and athletics, you know, so from, from a coaching standpoint, as we're training, we're dealing with those. And then you feel like you're, you're letting yourself down. You're letting your coach down. Um, you may not be hitting the trails or the road as often as you want. And, and I think that's where we need to be very mindful of the individual and where they're at in their journey in terms of what's their mental well-being. You need to be supportive. Do they need, do they need uh, you know, additional assistance? Do they need to be checking in with a therapist if they're working with a therapist or a counselor? Do they need to be right. checking in with their doctor because maybe they're, you know, their medication, they're being medicated for whatever reason, and maybe that needs to be touched. So we tend to try and work with with the the total team. So that may be a therapist, that may be a counselor, a doctor, um, and but be very mindful of where the athlete is when in that process. And and as you know, having dealt with this, um, sometimes life just takes over and yeah. it has nothing to do with running or sports or anything else. Sometimes it's a job, and we're dealing right. with job issues. Uh, you know, layoffs. Um, you know, maybe just out of the clear blue, you have a flare up of PTS and that prevents you from going to work for a week. And well, you, you know, I just had that like a couple of nights ago, I had a PTSD nightmare and I was like, Scott, I'm so sorry. I have to postpone. And you're like, totally. Right. And because it does come up, it's so funny because you're saying, because as you know, this, I'm like, I don't know about running five, 10, 1500 K runs. I'm like, no, I don't know that part, but absolutely mental health aspect. Yeah. Like, like you and, and like your clients, right. It can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. Right. So does that, um, does that alter then how you train with them? It does. I think the training plan has to be fluid and it has to be adjustable for the needs of our athletes. And so we make those adjustments. And, and I think that's where the compassion and the understanding of what they're dealing with, and how they're dealing with it 
And then we tailor the plan to that. And if we need to step back, we need to be mindful of that and step back because it's, it's not about the performance, mm-hmm. right? It's about the journey. And that journey may be delayed. We may have some bumps in the road, as you well know, because we went through the one the other day. Yeah. And so as a coach, it's up to me to create that safe environment and build that trust right. and say, hey, it's okay. Let's, let's deal with this problem here if you, if you need me. And yeah. we'll work through it and we'll come back and we'll readjust. It, it's like the, you know, it's okay to not be okay. And that this is something that I personally struggle with because I know I can say that to other people and I will fully believe it if for other people, but for myself, I haven't been able to accept it yet. Right. I mean, I'd imagine that that's going to just happen with anyone. That's why I talk about, cause I'm like, am I the only one that doesn't believe that it's okay to not be okay, but yet I can believe for others it's okay to not be okay. No, I think you just brought up probably the best point. You're mm-hmm. not the only one. Right. Yeah. Whether we and I think and, and you and I being ambassadors for GTFO, I think this is kind of a good segue to jump in. I, I think it's OK to talk about it. I think yeah. the, the the one thing that I think we're missing um, worldwide is that mental health hasn't been talked about enough. It hasn't been addressed and it's starting to, but it's still in its very infantile stages. And it's OK to say I'm not OK and I'm not the only one. Yeah. Right. And that's right? important yeah. is, is understanding I, there are other people out there. And what what I would what I strongly suggest is, is that before anybody feels like they're on an island all by themselves is go on Facebook, reach out. There are so many resources that are out there that you can tap into where other people are struggling with the same similar things, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what it is, mm-hmm. but th- there's resources out there. And I think when I was working with the veterans and first responders, you know, I, I was an adaptable golf instructor and okay. we did clinics a couple times a year. And I worked with, with golfers throughout the year as well. Um, but what we found was people didn't know what adaptable golf was or that there were PTS or the Brain Institute of Texas, where we had started working a little bit with. Um, and th- those resources existed, but nobody knew that they were there. Mm. And that still is today one of the, I think, one of the biggest barriers for mental health, PTS, a TBI, is that the resources just aren't readily available or it's not in one one centralized spot for somebody to get their hands on, even and, and, with the internet. And there's also just the personal aspect of it as well. It's like, is someone ready to take that next step? Is yeah. there a safe environment? You know, like for me, you know, now that I'm, I'm, I'm 50, it took a long time for these things to become, it's not even the norm yet. Just like what you were saying, right? It's, it's still, we're trying to get it up there. We're trying to end that silence. We're trying to talk about it more. And so there are more resources right now, but sometimes people don't know where to go because it can be so isolating. And I only know from my experience, I'm such an expert of my own PTSD (laughs) is that where do you go? Where do you start? And it could be simply with working with you, for example, it's like, well, you know, I'm just going to have a goal. And maybe through that, through running, they may recognize something. They may recognize a mental health issue and why am I blocked? Why am I blocked? Well, you know, the running just becomes a catalyst. Absolutely. You know, and and I think even, you know, we've, we've had, and I can share a story. Um, So one of our board members of the foundation years ago, um, took his own life, um, which, which really hit close to home. It wasn't the first time, um, that we would deal with, um, suicide close to our family. 
but I will tell you, this was a veteran. He was very self-aware, was into his, into self-care. Um, and I think, you know, once you get into those throws, so I think as, as a coach, one of the things that we try to do is, is try and address some of these things when you're not in the middle of a PTSD scare or, you know, not in the middle of a breakdown when you're not thinking clearly and things can happen. Um, because there are programs out there, the things that we can discuss and tools that we can put in place when that does happen. And even, even doing that, no guarantee, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a terrible disease. Um, I think suicide in, in our country has just, and maybe it's because of the media, because we see it more often. Um, and it's out there with, you know, across social media and, and radio and TV and blogs. And um, so I don't know if it's more prevalent now than maybe 15 or 20 years ago, but it certainly seems like it. It and, seems like it's more talked about. You're hearing about it a lot. There's a lot more younger generations. I just recently lost uh, an acquaintance friend of mine to suicide just a few weeks ago. And, you know, just such a beautiful spirit. But yeah, it, it was the world is too much. Yeah. You know, sometimes the world is too much. So, and, and I think that's, I think you bring up a great point. Um, and, and I think making sure that we reach out to those that we've kind of lost touch with. Mm -hmm. um, I've got plenty of people that I left in Texas that, you know, when I lived down there for four years and in, in my main running group, um, and I make sure that I try and check in. And sometimes life gets in the way and I don't check in as often, but I just did it the other day with somebody who just hadn't been posting that I know um, suffers uh, mentally from time to time. And it was like, hey, haven't seen a post out yet. How are you doing? You okay? I'm thinking about you. Mm. And sometimes that's enough. And I don't think we do that enough. Yeah. Um, and just thinking, hey, we need to reach. And those are kind of like, you know, you and I had talked earlier uh, when we were going back and forth, how we wanted to structure this. And I think some of the tools are, are really simple. Reach out to your friends and family. Just let them know you're there and that you're thinking about them. You never know when, what that may, or how big of an impact that may have. Mm -hmm. Even just a, a small message. I know that sometimes, you know, I've received uh, just a message from a friend checking in and it just warmed my heart so much. It's like, wow, you thought of me today. You know, mm -hmm. thank you. You know, and it, and it really does mean a lot. Um, I think we kind of a little bit digressed from uh, from your work and from track and everything. Oh, and I we just, would. Yeah, I figured, yeah, we're just going where it's going to go. But I did want to know something, and I had written this down here. It's like, why and how do you feel that running is a positive impact on your clients and their mental health wellness? Oh gosh, how many how many reasons would you like? Um, <laughs> what, you know, what do you, what do you we got? know. We know that, um, but we'll just run on some bullet points. Okay. We know that, you know, exercise um, impacts your physical health, which in turn affects your mental health and helps reduce symptoms of depression. That's proven. Mm -hmm. um, I think getting out inside, of, you know, getting out in the, the sunlight, you know, has an impact on your circadian rhythms and your overall well-being. Um, being one with nature, right? Improving your mood. Those are some of the things that we see. Socialization, if you're part of a running group. Um, even when I'm running solo, and I tend to run solo a lot, um, when I'm on the trail, I pass a lot of mountain bikers if we're running the mountain bike trails and have had great conversations. It's just nice to know that other people are out doing what I do and there's a sense of community right. to it. Um, I think it, it, it builds mindfulness, um, whether it was golf or, or specifically you know, running and trail, I think just being self-aware uh, being present in that moment uh, and enjoying what's in front of you and what you're doing 
uh, I think it leads to creativity and inspiration. Can't mm-hmm. tell you how many th- times I've come up with blog topics or brilliant ideas for a new invention that may never come to fruition. Mm. But while I'm alone on the trail and I'm listening to the birds and, and I'm running and looking at natural beauty, I, I've come up with a, just a lot of great ideas, names, for, you know, titles for books, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, I think reducing stress and then relaxation. And then I think overall, if, if you're looking good and you're out there doing things and your self-esteem and self-confidence then start to improve. And I think all of those things, have, as you all know, have a huge impact on somebody's mental well-being. Absolutely. Like I, I just know from my struggles and actually trying to get outside has been really difficult for me, which is why I just love the get the fuck outside company. Um, you know, they have got great apparel, <laughs> you know, it's great. It's functional, you know, I, it's, I, I find it beautiful, but I just love the message behind it, which is get outside for your mental health. Right. And the fact that they donate to so many like mental health organizations, it's like, how could I not want to be a part of them, right? You know, especially, especially with this podcast and, and what I'm talking about. And, you know, every time I have a chance to get outside, I'm not, okay, listen, I'm not a trail runner. That's just the way it's going to be, you know, but I do love hiking and snowshoeing and with my depression, and especially over these past few years, very seldom have I ever gotten outside actually. But the moment I can even take my dog into the backyard and I can get a little bit of that sun and a little bit of vitamin D, I'm like, oh, that's right. This is what's so important is just being outside, being in nature, because it's such a natural antidepressant, mm-hmm. right? And I also love the concept that movement is medicine. You know, I've heard that saying many times as well. So now you're adding the combination of running, being outside. Is most of your running and your coaching for outdoor? Like, is it for trail running specifically? I I tend to focus that way. Um there, we do work with a, with a number of road runners as well as trail runners. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to, I, I, I'm not a road runner. I mean, I understand road running. I've run road marathons and, and it's been years and I primarily, primarily do trails and ultra runs, which are primarily trail as well. Um, that tends to be my focus more because that's my passion. Right. And that's what I love. And I see the benefits of it just within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even dealing with some of my athletes, the improvement of, you know, we didn't touch base on it, but I've got an athlete now that I'm, that I'm working with. Uh, and this athlete was able to come off their medication, knowing full well, A, they're self-aware, but B, that they need to maintain their workouts. And it isn't just the running, it's, it's getting into the gym because they're more um, apt to be in the gym and lift and do CrossFit and other things. And I don't particularly care, right? If you want to run, great. If, if our running program is curtailed and we build more of a workout program, fine, we'll accommodate that. Mm -hmm. Right. But it had a huge and profound impact on their life and not being, because this was an individual that really just did not want to take meds, just didn't want the stigma, didn't want it for themselves, didn't like putting things in their body. And as a result, then we came up with a plan and said, okay, you need to adhere to your plan and you need to be accountable. That's the other part is, is being accountable. We keep a log in a journal and it's, it, you know, it gets sent to me uh, on a monthly basis. Hey, what did we do this, this month? What did your weeks break down? You know, and that accountability helps them stay on their schedule. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that's what you've noticed with one of your clients. Like, have you kind of noticed overall that anyone that's kind of coming to you for coaching right away that they could be stuck in one spot and then you just see this shift. 
right? And they're just moving. And, you know, like, what is it for you as a coach to witness your clients go from one spot to another spot in whatever time, whatever length of journey that is? How is that for you? It, it's without a doubt the best feeling in the world. And we'll kind of shift back to the golf for a minute. It, if you can imagine someone who's never hit a golf ball, or they've struck, like we know, everybody knows and everybody says golf is hard. And if you, you've tried, you've hit balls, you've never gotten one up in the air, but the minute they get it and they get that ball airborne and you see that flight of the ball up against the sky and you've had a hand in doing that and helping them achieve that, best feeling ever. And, and it goes across with the running as well, because when you hit milestones or you hit a PR, it doesn't matter if it's a second PR, a five minute, an hour, you know, it's a distance you never thought you would achieve. Having had a hand in that and being part of that journey is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of the best ever. Wow. That, so then how does your previous work working with first responders and veterans, how has, like, what were you doing specifically with them? If you can talk about that and has that then transitioned into track? So we, we conducted clinics a couple of times a year. Uh, these were adaptive clinics. So um, the qualification was, uh, you know, a, a veteran and or a first responder uh, that uh, had a physical disability. Uh, we, you, if you had um, symptoms from stroke, PTS, or a TBI, and you were welcome to, um, to, to attend the clinics. And we did these with um, not only OTs and PTs, uh, that came in with in the Veterans Hospital. We worked with the Dingle Hospital, and we also did this down in Texas for a few years. Um, I, I think it it taught us. And to give you an example, you know, hitting golf balls, the clicking of the golf ball, you know, could trigger PTS symptoms in certain individuals. So being mindful of those individuals and moving them further down the range and to accommodate them, um, we were, uh, you know, inclusive. So everybody was welcome, um, but it was also working with with friends and family and caretakers as well. So it isn't just the individual; it's 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 a it's kind of a team effort, right? Um, I think we tend to forget that there are caretakers and loved ones that are dealing with these things as well. Yeah. Uh, on top of yeah. it, so you know, I learned a lot uh, when I started. I had gotten my master golf teaching certificate and had run with a runner that was on the the carbon fiber foot, um, the flex foot. And that kind of shifted. And I said, you know what? I want to do that with golfers. And so we just kind of winged it. Um, I learned a lot from a lot of different sources on how to deal with uh, PTS. I went and with Penn State and the Salute Military Golf Association took a, a full weekend course on adaptive golf. And that's where we, we put our focus for nine years. Mm-hmm. And it was great um, working with those individuals and learning from them. Uh, because it was, it was a complete learning experience. Uh, two thir- 2014, we were nominated for a Da Vinci Award. Yay, uh, what is that? Explain that. So so the Da Vinci Award was recognition for um, outside and recreational sports. Mm. And it was done by the MS uh, Society. And it, it was a high honor. It was a global nomination for us, uh, which was really exciting. Um, it was just great to be nominated because we were seriously a self-funded, small, little nonprofit Um, but we were doing a lot of good work in the community. And so we were very proud of that. Um, I think overall, 
you know, it taught me a lot about mental health uh, because I, while I was familiar with it, I don't think to the degree um, that we all should be. And, you know, in dealing with uh, veterans that were coming in that in the middle of a clinic may have an issue that we would need to stop and deal with and be cognizant of that and be compassionate about that. Um, learning how to plan for those things before we even got on the range um, and asking the right questions and knowing what those individuals needs were. And so I think we were, we were able to take a lot of those things and now introduce them, um, you know, years later into the running uh, and know what questions to ask, uh, what things to look for, um, and then have the resources available if it's beyond, because obviously not being a medical professional, um, right, I'm just a coach, being able to have those resources available to say, hey, this is a referral, you know, you may need this, 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 and this, and having those resources, whether it's a veteran, a first responder, or anybody else. Yeah. Well, because I always feel like it takes a team, right? Like I have a, I have a team, I have, you know, therapists, I have doctors, I have other healers as well. And, and, you know, and friends and loved ones, right? So it takes a team of people because there's so much information and different information and different tools and techniques. And I know for me, just having that kind of support across the board has really made a positive impact uh, for me, even, even through all the challenges that I still face. It's like, I, I can no longer imagine doing this alone, which is what I had done for, for so long because, you know, mental health is difficult to talk about. Harrison, I'm going to flip the, I'm going to flip the script on you a little bit. What, oh, what do you feel like was your, and, and because you've been very vocal about what you've dealt with and, and over the years, what do you feel like was, was the biggest barrier that you faced um, in terms of finding the help that you needed at the, in, during the times that you needed it? Wow, that is, that's a pretty in-depth question. Um, it's not just one answer. The thing that I found to be most difficult was the, the shame and the guilt. It was actually quite personal. And just not knowing that it was okay to feel the way that I was, that I was feeling and that I didn't know where to go. I didn't know who to talk to because I didn't know um, that it was safe to talk to. I didn't understand what I was experiencing. I would just hear feedback of how moody I was and I would know how angry I was and something was just not right. I just wasn't right. And the, the truth is, it's just finally opening up and talking to someone and then hearing that, oh, yeah, no, I've had that too. And it's like, oh, what? And then what do they do, right? Well, then someone suggests something and somebody suggests something else. So for me, honestly, I think I was the biggest resistance because I didn't know. I had no clue until I could start to do research. And I mean, at that time, like, really, there wasn't a lot of stuff on the internet. There wasn't a lot of resources. There's certainly a lot more resources now, which is mm -hmm. great, but continuing to talk and share the information. Yeah. Did that answer your yeah. question? Yeah. And I think what, and I think yeah. what you do in, in calling attention to it and again, you know, GTFO, yeah. right. And the yeah. support that they have and other organizations uh, being out there. You didn't mention the Grizzlies though. That was the one you left out was they, the Grizzlies. The oh Yes. 
Sorry, I, I, my mistake. I couldn't align with that thought. Yes, they do. Um, I was actually uh, asking Curtis. He's the um, co-founder of GTFO. And I was asking him about some of the organizations. And he did say the Grizzlies. Yes, he did. So I love that part. I love that part. Yeah, it's it's so wonderful. That's why I'm so excited to keep talking about it. You know, really, people can get the gear or not. Get outside for uh, for for nature. You know, while we still have it. Honestly, get out for your health. Um, that's just how I feel. How I feel about it. But you know, they just support so many organizations, which is amazing, and they've helped me as well. Like I know that as an ambassador, yes, I get a discount, which people can get. What is I'm I'm Ursula ten. If people want to get a ten percent discount, are you Scott ten? Scott fifteen? Scott whatever? Family. I think it's Millman ten actually. Millman ten. Okay. Off yeah, the, off the top of my head. Yeah, so it's like if people wanted to check this out, you know, there you go, get an instant ten percent discount using Millman Ten or Ursula Ten. How are you implementing GTFO with your work or your clients or anything? Or are you? I mean, it's not a yes that you have to do kind of thing. No, but I, th- I think it's important though because of of what they do, and I think with when you're an ambassador, when, when you say, Hey, I want to be an ambassador for your product. If you know, the, the companies that I've affiliated with or chose to affiliate with like orange mud and Zensa and squirrels, nut butter, which I love that name, by the way, it's one of my favorites. Salt stick and GTFO. I think it's incumbent upon us as ambassadors to um, if, if you're going to call yourself an ambassador and you actually sought out those companies because you like what they stood for or their products or both, um, that you try and promote those, uh, those brands as much as possible. And GTFO, um, obviously supporting what they do with what we're talking about here, um, you know, and their mission and the things that they donate to and being a small family run company, you know, those are things that, that I hope this year that we'll standardize and we get to promote them more and and call more attention to the good that they're doing, the products that they have, um, Mm -hmm. but mostly their mission. Because yes. the mission that they have on raising awareness and supporting those organizations that support mental health is hugely important. And I think their time is now, along with all of the other organizations that are doing similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need it. I, th- yeah. I think it's really needed coming out of COVID. I think, uh, you know, I was talking to my daughter earlier today and I, I said, what is it that we're seeing you know, individuals just kind of lose it. They lost their job or they, you know, weren't happy to dance and they walk in with a gun and, you know, they shoot up the place and take their own life. Yeah. You know, something's, something's amiss. You know, we're, we're missing something somewhere. And I think this is just kind of one piece. Um, but it's upsetting that I have a grandson and that I have a young daughter who's not young. She's 15. Um, you know, that are growing up seeing this because this isn't the world that I want them to to grow up in. And it's it's sad. Um, I think uh, the, the Twitch from the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yeah, that right? was so You're, upsetting. Right. So yeah. you got to wonder, I mean, the guy's got a good career. He's got a he's got a family and kids. And, and then, you know, and, and what do we always hear? We didn't expect it. We never yeah. saw it. Yeah. So somewhere we're, we're missing it. And so I think supporting GTFO. um this coming year is going to be one of our core missions is to, to really raise awareness and support them and encourage other people to support them so that they could give back more because that's, I think, the kind of a grassroots effort um, yeah. that we can all kind of buy into. 
Yeah. And and I've said it before too. I mean, you know, COVID was certainly a, a global pandemic, but so is mental health, right? That's more and more and more people are suffering with some form of mental health. You know, I, I don't want to say illness because I feel like it's something that can't be cured and it totally can. You know, there's everyone has their own journey, but mindfulness, mindfulness practice, forms of healing. Maybe it's medication, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's outdoors, maybe it isn't. But there are so many ways to heal. And until we keep talking about it, until we keep creating that resonance, like, oh, gosh, that was me too. Oh, what, you too? Oh, wow, I didn't know that. You know, how did you deal with it? Da, 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 da. And that's why we just we just need to keep talking, you know. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. And that's why one I love it. Ursa, I think that's an interesting point because I think we are talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we see it in social media. We, we've seen it with stars. We've seen it with, with singers. But there seems to be something missing still because we're still dealing with the same issues over and over again, even though it seems to be more talked about and kind of more accepted. I don't, I don't know what we're missing there yet. Then I, I wonder know. then if, because we hold, I mean, this is just a totally personal thought is we hold celebrities to a higher esteem, right? So, and it could be one criticism is like, oh, well, they already have all the resources. They've got the money. They've got this, they've got that. But the truth is, I, I think, like what I had touched on earlier is like, it's so individual and it's so internal. Is that person ready to move forward? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. We can't like, for using Twitch as an example, we don't know his thought process or anything. So, you know, the majority of people who do suffer, do they have access to the resources and access not only just to receive the information, go get the information, can they afford the, the, the process? Can they afford yeah. the treatments? Can they afford the therapy? I've been extremely lucky with, I had one therapist at, at one time gift me his time because there was no way I could afford it. I'm on long-term disability, mm-hmm. right? So this is just simply, I'm doing this out of, out of a need to speak. So, you know, are there sliding scale options? So there is a financial component, I find, even if you are going to do something perhaps alternative or spiritual, you know, whether that's classes, courses, different therapies, maybe there's travel involved, other books, you have to purchase books. So I think there's a lot of factors involved into that. What are we missing? It's, it's so personal. It's so individualized that when they're ready to come and talk and feel safe and share, then I think those resources can come to them. I don't know. That's why I think we just have to keep talking. And that's why I love about doing this podcast is that's why I wanted to interview. Well, what is it about running, right? What is it about track? What are you witnessing? What are you coaching? You know, this could be a resource for someone that they never would have thought of. It's like, well, geez, I never would have thought that maybe I just have to go buy a pair of running shoes and head out. Or again, just like GTFO, well, gee, I never thought of maybe just go to the park and walk my dog out there and and just feel that, right? So having that kind of information, I think just spreads the wealth, you know, and, and we get that. I don't know if we'll always find that answer. What are we missing? May not, but I think, I think, it's, I think it's a question that we need to keep asking. It's like, mm-hmm. what are- what are we missing? What is it that we're falling short on? Mm, yeah. And seeing if we can ever bridge that gap, because the closer we get, the better off we're, I think we're all going to be. And I think, like you said, I think track and I think what Laura and I do, um, I think it's just one component. It's just one resource out of many. And like you said, you have, 
the individual has to be receptive to it. That's that's one thing we know. And and, and it doesn't matter what it is, right, in life, until you're ready, you, you know, it, a million people could tell you, hey, smoking's going to kill you. But, you know, I know with my dad, he just, he, he quit many times over yeah. uh, before he passed. But yet he just, he wasn't ready. Yeah. So it didn't matter what information or what resources were there. I don't think it was going to help. And I, I think, like you said, I think I don't like referring to it as an illness. Um, I think there are enough things out there and tools out there to help, um, be it medication, be it running, be it fishing, be it, you know, equine therapy. I mean, there's so many, yeah. so many things that are out there that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just got to be, be ready for it, receptive, and then to try and take advantage of it. Like you said, I, I don't think we should allow money to have to be a barrier to somebody that wants and or needs the help. And I think the VA hospital has, has kind of fallen short with our veterans. Uh, you know, I've seen it throughout the years. Um, these are people that have sacrificed and their families have sacrificed for our country. And I think we need to do a much better job of supporting them and getting them the resources that they need because they're 30 times more likely to uh, commit suicide. You know, we, we hear the 22 a day, you know, there's a, a organization called 22 kill uh, wow. to call awareness. And, and just as a, as a sidebar, um, I believe the project's called seven X. I believe there's a group of veterans and team that are doing, uh, they're jumping out of a plane, they're doing a marathon, and then they're doing like a, I wouldn't call it a polar plunge because some of the areas are warm, but they're going to do a, a, a plunge um, to kind of raise awareness along those lines uh, about suicide amongst veterans. Um, so again, there's so many organizations out there that are trying to call attention and doing wonderful things out there. Um, I think we just need to continue to share those. Yeah. Amazing. So as we conclude here, is there anything final that you would like to to add? Yeah, I think we, we've covered a lot. I, we did. I think, I, I think that, um, you know, the biggest thing is I, I think anybody that's listening, if you are struggling, if you are in a dark period, you know, reach out to somebody. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I need help, you know, or say, hey, you know, I, you know, just something's not right. And, you know, do you know of somebody like just ask the question, just reach yeah. out. And, and conversely, if you, if you're listening and you know, somebody that you haven't heard from in a while, or just something seems different or they, they, they're acting different. You know, you never know what goes on behind closed doors is kind of the thing that I always throw out there, but yeah. you never know what somebody's dealing with, what they're going through. It, like you said, and what we talked, touched on at the beginning, reach out and just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. You know, do you need anything? And and that may be enough because you never know. Yeah, I think that and that is so true. You just never know. So thank you so much, Scott, for coming on, sharing your insight, your experience, your advice, your thoughts, everything. Really appreciate it. I think the listeners are really going to appreciate it. And friends, you know, I hope you join us. Um, well, join me for another conversation down the road with somebody else. We've got some more GTFO stuff to talk about, um, to do some giveaways. Still want people to enter in for those giveaways. And so thank you, Scott. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. To find out more information about track and about Scott and Laura, go to www.totalrunningandconditioning.com. You can also find them on Instagram at trackllc21 and also on Facebook at T-R-A-A-C-L-L-C. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
If you require more support and information on depression, please contact your local health care provider, distress centre, or in Canada, go to canada.ca and search mental health support, get help.